San Francisco, I'm coming to you March 6th to the 9th. And then I'm coming to Dallas, Texas, March 22 and 23. Washington, D.C., April 21st. And then San Diego, May 11th. Come see me do the standing comedy. Get tickets at FumiAbe.com. Enjoy the episode. Like, what would you do with that 10K if you had to spend it? Well, the problem is, no, I already have $10,000. So I've already No, but bought... you have an extra. You have an extra. I know, but, but that extra. Right. Like, she's I like, don't know what to she's do. Like, she's like, that. 10K means nothing to me, you poor piece of shit. <laughs> I am wealthy, you understand? Welcome to Cash Cuties, where we talk about money with your favorite honeys. Hey, I'm Fumiabe. <laughs> I'm Stuffy Bake. Uh, if you're listening on your Apple Pod app, please leave a review, hit follow on Spotify, and sub to our YouTube channel for the video version of this podcast. All the links are available in the episode description below. Click, whoa, click, whoa. click, click, click. Shout out to our um, Dono, Dono daddies. daddies. These are people who give us money on Patreon. What is yeah. Patreon? It is the best way to support this podcast. Uh, you get access to bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content uh, in exchange for a donation so if you want to support this podcast if you want to start our, if you want to support our f- lifestyles Hell our very yeah. expensive lifestyles so expensive. please check us out uh two people donated this week shout out to re p she upgraded from five dollars to ten dollars so thank she you so on much. repeat repeat spending us hey. yeah hey. spend that money on us uh and our dono mommy dono mommy sarah c for four fifty in pounds uk, UK pounds. pounds we have baby. a lot of um international people donating oh yeah That's and it's hot. interesting because is you think it's hot oh we're worldwide baby oh well i'm, I'm just like what's going on are we really hot in england should we be doing a, a tour in glastonbury my lady oh i love that <laughs> this guy i love that i think that's so hot Don't i love you, that uh, yeah people people be people watching are, us people be watching us all over the place maybe the uk is thriving right now i don't oh, read the news i, I was gonna know. say maybe they like how our financial decisions out here oh they like watching yeah us be well because you know the u.s currency is like the currency yeah, that yeah, people yeah, yeah. use also all over the like... world so they're like paying attention to our economy <laughs> through, or maybe through they're cash from... cuties they're they're, <laughs> they're like i need to know what's going on in america and they're listening they're tuning yeah. in the... okay yeah. maybe and if they they're doing know that what regular people like <laughs> us that <laughs> i gotta strongly advise against that if you're sarah c please get out of here read the wall street journal read fortune 500 please don't tune into cash cuties for financial advice jesus christ but anyways if you want to uh, shout out on this podcast and bonus content check out patreon.com slash cash cuties pod today we have uh, a guest on who's not here yet but uh, we're going to talk about something called the FIRE movement. This is something people have emailed us about, and it stands for uh, Financial Independence Retire Early. And it's <laughs> essentially, the way I understand it, it's like the simplest elevator pitches. They're just people who save like a motherfucker in their 20s and their 30s, and they kind of retire by like 40 or 41. And it's this thing that like popped up. It's kind of new, I think. It's probably popped up in like the 2010s. I remember hearing about it in college. And we're going to talk to somebody who's part of that movement today. But before we introduce her, um, you know, Steph and I, we've been doing some research on it. We've been listening to some podcasts about it. We've been watching YouTube videos about it. And it's given you a lot of anxiety. And I just kind of wanted to ask you, like, is this something you think you could see yourself doing? I think I've been literally trying to step away from... I think I was naturally... <laughs> I was naturally part of the fire uh community yeah. movement i think i was already in it not knowing i was in it when you were younger i think yeah i i, I think i think that gives me some anxiety because i'm like oh shit this is what i i used to want to be such what a do you saver. mean by that you were already in it so um i think i spent a lot of time having so much anxiety over money and 
um, saving and being like, I'm getting old, I'm getting old. So that means I need to save more. I need to save more if I want to have a family. I need to save more. I don't think I was spending money a healthy way in a way that I enjoyed. Okay. And on things that I liked. And money became the primary thing I thought about Throughout, every day. Right, on day-to-day so basis. So yeah. I think listening to this makes me remi- remember like my life and how it was and about how it was so monetarily um, motivated mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. when I hear about it, it just stresses me out. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, so one of the things about the fire movement that's kind of crazy is like there's a difference between being frugal and saving, which is sort of like me and the fire movement. And so like one of the things that they say is you're supposed to save like at least 50% of your income. There's like different equations that get you to where you need to be depending on what your target age is that you want to retire. And so people save anywhere from like 50 to 80% of their income. And that's like an insane, that's like, if you live in New York, LA, I I don't even think you can really do that. Like, let's just say you made a hundred thousand dollars. What now you're working with $20,000. You can't live like that. You got to live with your parents and shit, you know? So it's like an extremely like, you know, it's just an extreme thing. And, um, when I was talking to you about this and it like stresses me out a little bit is because I think my mom was part of fire. Uh, Asian moms are part of fire. Asian moms. Every, every immigrant family is part of fire. fire. They just had no idea. They just don't say it. They don't say it. Yeah. Um, and everything was about hoarding your money. Mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. was. And I think that's why it stresses me out. But uh, I think I, I was doing my best to save as much money as I can. Mm-hmm. After I went through that phase of like when I first started making my own own money. Um, and then I just started putting more into savings and then, but it wasn't like a, it set was like, a month. It wasn't a set. No, especially month. at that age. And then I was building, when I got into real estate, I was building my, um, portfolio sort of watching other, my other investor clients and what they were doing and purchasing property. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was like, Oh, Hey, I need to save my money. Uh, but in between, I would also like just splurge. I didn't have, there was no order to anything. I just remember, I I was trying to save as much as I can, but when I was 22, my rent was 8.30 a month in Carroll Gardens. And I remember I only saved, I, I was trying to save $800 a month, but typically it was closer to 500. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was making 55 at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not that much, you know, and that's not enough to, you know, we're talking about, they're saying you got to save 80% of your salary. What's 800 divided by 55,000? That's not even 10%. You know what I mean? That's like such a small amount. So, mm-hmm. so, and I remember feeling like uh, I, w- I was being frugal because at the, t- at the time, this is 2012, 13, a lot of my friends, their rent was like 1200, 1300. Mm-hmm. And at the time in New York, that was, to me, that felt high. And I was like, I don't want to pay over a thousand. So I found like a really small room for 830 because I was being frugal. So that's me being frugal, saving 800 bucks a month or something like that. And I can only imagine if my other friends were, we're making the same amount of money because we're working at the same company and their, their rent is $400 more than me. So they, they probably weren't saving or if they were saving, it's probably like a hundred bucks a month or something like that, you know? Did, were they getting help, maybe financial help from like- From their parents? Their it's parents? possible. It's not that I asked, but it's like, to me at the time, twenty you know, 2012 or 22, I thought 55,000 was like a lot of money. We were like, that's, we don't have families 
and if you don't have that debt, is a lot especially during that time during that time that and inflation. i don't have a lot of expenses because yeah. i don't have children and i don't have in, it's in new york we don't have cars so yeah. we don't have car payments i don't own anything so did you have anxiety make, around money during that time when you would be saving that much no yeah. because i really thought i was doing well i was like oh this but is you great were. That was yeah good. at the time yeah. for sure for sure i think uh so that's why it's like but but that was me being frugal only being able to save 500 and so to me, reading this definition of people who are like, you got to save 70%. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing to even get there? So I'm super excited to talk to our guest today about it and to learn more about it. And uh, you are feeling anxious, Steffi, but maybe we'll, we'll get through this. Maybe she'll change her mind and uh, we'll come out of it uh, being fire cuties. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is the host of the Inside Out Money podcast and is part of the FIRE movement. Here to teach us more about financial independence and retiring early. Please welcome to the show, Maggie Tucker. Ooh. Yay. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for being on the show. And uh, we love that you are plugging your show in the background. We got to get one of those signs. <laughs> That's nice. Um, so just to start off, like, let's get right into it. Like, you know, for the listeners who may not know, because this is a personal finance podcast, but Steffi and I don't, don't, we don't know anything. And so this is the first time we're having like an actual smart person on, so person. we're super excited. But what is, for the people who don't know, what is like your elevator pitch definition of fire? Like, what is it, what is it to you for people who don't know? Yeah. So fire, first off, the letters stand for financial independence, retire early. So it's F-I-R-E. It's not fire like the fire festival. People sometimes get confused. <laughs> That's the bad kind of fire is the good kind of fire. But it is essentially the concept of getting to a place of FI, which is the first half of it. So the F-I, which means financial independence. So that you have enough money. And there's a lot of different definitions that we can get into, but that you have enough money that you at one end of it, never have to work again and can retire early, which is the re end of it. Many people just want to get to the FIA and they don't actually pull the plug and retire. They just want to get to the point where mm. they can and they have complete flexibility and options and they can do whatever they want. There's a lot of different versions of FIRE in terms of you know how much you've saved up and how how little you have to work in the future and kind of what expectations are on you. But ultimately, the, the end goal of people that are really focused on FIRE is to retire early and never have to work again. And the, the key word there is have to work again. Doesn't mm -hmm, mean you don't, mm -hmm. you might do something you wanna do, something passion focused, mm. it's not about the money, but you don't have to. You've got enough money that you can live for the rest of your life. Hmm. And and this is crazy, but you retired May of 2022 at the age of 41, <laughs> is that, that's correct? I did, yes. And and that's, that's like such a huge accomplishment. Um, is that like, and to do something like that, I'm assuming you have to commit to this kind of community and this mindset pretty earlier on. So when did you and also, um, you know, your husband, like when did you guys decide to become part of this community? Because I would imagine if you want to retire by 41, which I think is so young, you've got to start in your 20s. Right. So is this something you've always wanted? Well, no, it, it's not even something I was aware of for a long time. And depending on the reality of your financial situation, you may be had to have started when you were 20. And, and look, it's great if you did and you were aware of it and you got an early start because the power of compound interest makes it to where the earlier the better. But I did not, I was not even aware of FIRE until my mid-30s, I would say. 
So somewhere what? in the, well, here's the thing. So we were, my husband and I, we were both high earners. We had been living below our means. I, I like to say I'd kind of self-diagnosed bag lady syndrome, which is I've been living below my means for a long time, but I didn't really know why. I didn't have a specific reason other than I just was somewhat naturally frugal, but also splurged a lot. And I knew I wanted, I just liked the idea of security, right? I liked the idea of knowing that I had money saved. I didn't even really know what to do with it. And I wasn't that savvy about how I saved it and investing and things like that. I didn't start investing until I was 36, which is, it, it, be a lot better if I started when I was in my early 20s, but there's a lot of reasons why I didn't really know what to do. I was kind of overwhelmed with options. Um, but essentially, to answer your question, I didn't learn about it until later in life. And I was very, by the time I learned about it, I was super interested in it and very enamored by the concept of it. And I happened to already be in a good financial, a decent financial position. And then my husband and I, so again, I was about 35. So it was, you know, six years before we retired for those six years, like maybe six to seven years, we, we did get really aggressive in our savings. We got mm. even more, we had already been somewhat good about stuff, but we just supercharged it and did even more. We were talking, we're like, we're in our 30s. We're in our 30s. Yeah, and we're like, like is it too late? Because everything we read is like, you got to start when yeah, you're like 22. Fucked, you know? Yeah, and no, having no, no, you no. saying you started at you 36. 36, and then you retired by 41. Well, keep in mind, so, it's, it's all the math of how much, what your savings rate is, right? And how much you're able to save. So it, there's how much you make and how much you save. Many people are focused on how much they make, but they're spending all of what they make, right? They're living paycheck to paycheck. It doesn't matter. I don't know when I, I truly, can you help us like figure out what that, I can't even like imagine the number I want to be like, okay, now I'm ready to retire. Yeah, like, what, how do you know what, is what your you? cutoff okay. is? Yeah. Well, early is any, I mean, most people on average retire when they're 65 to 70. So early is anything that is earlier than you working longer than you want to work. And mm. beyond, I would say, a traditional retirement age, which again, I mean, my, my dad worked up till he was past 70. I mean, he was still working when he died, which is sad because he could have enjoyed more freedom and kind of the fruits of his labor in many ways, oh. but didn't even have that mentality too. So he, he had to work. He had to work. It was like he, uh, at a necessity. Yeah. I mean, they maybe would have been okay to stop, but I'm not sure he fully knew that. I'm not sure he was, you know, savvy enough with, with their finances to know exactly if they had enough. And I wasn't focused enough on stuff like this at that time either to be having those discussions with them. But my point is more, you don't, there, there's no, I mean, early is all relative, right? Like, I, I don't right. think most people doing this are in their 20s. I think I see a lot more people in their late 30s, 40s, 50, 50 even retiring in your 50, early 50s, that's early. That's right. 10 plus years early to many people. Right, is there right, a competition right. within your community to be like, I'm a retire <laughs> oh, by, yeah. there, oh, you retired at 41? Yeah, well, I'm actually 38. Do you like, say that at parties? Yeah, you You're guys, like, hey, I'm Maggie. I yeah, retired when I was 41. Yeah, is there a little 41. bit of this like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> high nose? That is funny. There, it's funny when you were asking about the age, I was like, well, there's no like retirement police. There's no like fire police. It's like, it has to be by this age. It has to be, you know, done this way. But no, there's definitely, I know y'all are joking, but there's definitely no competition. It, I would say it's more a friendly thing, but I will tell you 
we retired, my husband and I decided just for fun to retire on the exact same day. Like when we gave our notice, we told our employers that day, oh. even my employer was trying to like negotiate. And I was like, no, sorry. I like, I, I like kind of lined it up with Greg. So it's not mm -hmm. negotiable, but he wanted it the day before he turned, God, he was 43. So he, so he went, he was joking. He wanted to, he did it the day before his birthday. So he could say he retired when he was 42, <laughs> but the next day he turned 43. So gotcha. maybe there is gotcha. a little competition, ah. at least for him. Okay, okay. I, it's like those, you know, that 30 over 30, like the, <laughs> the list, the list <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. fuck, we've never eaten. I yeah, noticed yeah, that there's yeah. a new one. There's like a 40 or something. There's always, like, there's like a 10 there's under 10, 10 now. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then when yeah. you miss that list, they now make, you can just make your own like 50 over 50. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to make a new list. I'm going to make a list that's like 43 over 43 and be like, I'm Yeah, yeah, I love that. Wait, so going back to that, you know, what is that? target number because mm -hmm. we were watching a lot of youtube videos and we were watching this one guy he was like yeah and i think he was also extremely frugal living with his parents and then he lived not in a city and his goal was like 300 or 400 in savings you know four thousand, which to me doesn't sound like a lot and then he was like yep and then i'm gonna live off of twenty five thousand dollars a year for the rest of my life and i'm like that sounds awful you know so yeah. what is that but what it is depends that? it depends on where you live I guess like it if depends you're in, like, on your lifestyle like in southeast yeah, you, asia somewhere where you're not you know it's yeah not, i mean he was he's american i, I don't mm -hmm. know where he lived but i, I think yeah, 25k is pretty tough in america these days but yeah you just, two you are know. in la right yes yeah. yeah i couldn't we couldn't even live off what we're living off now if we were in la right we're in atlanta the cost of living is significantly Atlanta's still different. a city i assume it's not yeah real cheap, estate cheap. The, this yeah. everything else like food probably is everything is the same but real estate is significantly different i would say mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I, I couldn't own the home i own the size home in the neighborhood we own here in la isn't right 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 a lot of people have that question on like what is the math it's a little bit of it depends and it's different for everybody but the simple version of it is there's this thing based on a study that's called the trinity study that is the simplified version is it's called the 25 times rule or the four percent rule and it is you need to know pretty in a pretty accurate way you need to know your annual expenses and so let's for for simple math i'm going to say a hundred thousand dollars and so you need to have 25 times that to have enough money for the rest of your life now, so if, if your expenses are $100,000 a year, that's 2.5 million. Now, do you need to have that in real estate, in brokerage accounts? I mean, it needs to be roughly accessible. Part of that's your 401k. So it, it's in assets that you can in some way liquidate throughout the course of your life. Mm. So the question of like what you include in there, like do you include your primary mm. home? There's a lot of nuances to it, but the simple rule is 25 times. And again, that's a very oversimplified. Is 25 years? No, it's tw it, no, not at all. It's that's just a uh, well because you're retired so early, you're gonna be alive, yeah, you know, in no, your seventies. So no, the twenty-five times is based on a four percent withdrawal rate. So okay, okay, it's the idea that it's it's basically including in that math. And again, there's a lot more that goes in this math, and there's a lot of probability, but it, it's assuming some average market returns based on historical performance of the market. It's assuming some average um, inflation over the course of whatever, and so yes, the that specific 25 times rule, which also equates to a 4% withdrawal rate, that means I can, if you, let's say you have, a, let's say your expenses are $100,000 a year, and so you have 2.5 million saved. That means you can withdraw 4% a year, 4% of, of 2.5 million is $100,000, and you won't run out of money. Now, it matters whether you retire when you're 30, or maybe a different way to say it is whether you have a 60 year retirement, 
which I might have if I live to be 100, or whether you have a 30-year retirement. And it matters if you plan on working a little bit, right? It's like, I, like my husband and I retired from fairly demanding jobs in corporate America. Well, he worked for a hospital system, but I worked in corporate America for a large global company. And I don't, we don't want to go back to those sorts of jobs, but we might do something and, you know, something more entrepreneurial. We have some rental properties, so we have some passive income. And so that actually, I, should, I don't like calling rental properties passive income, but whatever. We, the idea is that income reduces how much you actually need because you've got income coming in over the years also. But, but again, the simple math is 25 times and that allows you to withdraw 4% each year. Mm. And the, the length of your retirement, which I know y'all were asking about, the probability of you running out of money has more to do with market returns and cost of living and inflationary, things we can't predict anyways. We, we mm -hmm, do our best mm -hmm. to predict them. And so, yes, the shorter your retirement, the higher probability that that 4% rule or the 25 times rule works out. Even at, at the length of my retirement, there's like a 95% probability that I won't run out of money. Now, again, that's with no additional money coming in. I'm not assuming Social Security, which I'll get in some form. Who knows what will happen to it, you know, in the next 20 years. Um, but so there's, it, it's a tricky question on like, how do you calculate it? Because... Everybody calculates it different based on, do you expect an inheritance? Do you expect that you're going to need extra money to take care of aging parents? Do you, ex which, you know, those are two different bogeys in very different directions. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of math and very personalized decisions that go into what somebody feels comfortable having enough. You know, you had mentioned that when you said that you were going to get into fire, you went into extreme mode in terms of savings and stuff like that. Yeah. How does like dating and relationship work under those contexts? Because we were talking about how like, we were talking about like, could we go on a date with somebody who was part of the FIRE community like mid process, yeah. you know? Um, Cause I, I like it. I, I got dry thinking about it. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> well, you know, uh, Steffi likes her nice things. First off, there's a dating site. I've never used it. Oh my god! It's a Fi dating site. I can't <gasps> remember the name of it, but it's. Oh, I can Google it real quick because there's not that. There's like one Wait, site. I need to. I don't know how many people are on it, but it's called Fire Dating. It's, <gasps> it's at FireDating.me. You would hate it that. It says Steffi. there's nine thousand six hundred like people me. on it. <laughs> It says there's been 39 marriages. I know a couple people in the FI space. That's low, so that, Maggie. That is low. That is low. Right, yeah. Your odds are low. But somewhere there could be someone out there. Okay, so my, my thing is, I would say take the fire piece out of it because what I believe about relationships and money, and this is based on no research, let's be clear. Just me talking to lots of people, anecdotally. Any relationship will struggle when you're not aligned on money. So whether you're fire mm. and like super, super frugal, but I know a lot of people where they're not even fire. They're just trying to like get by and not live paycheck to paycheck every day. And they have poor communication around money. They don't, they're not able to, I mean, it's just, it all goes into like communication, right? They're not aligned on what their goals are. They're not, they don't talk about things well without getting into like fights about it. They're not able to kind of talk lovingly and openly about what, what they want to do and what, just understanding their goals and why they want to spend money the way they want to spend. And, you know, usually there's somebody that's frustrated that somebody else is spending too much money and not making enough and whatever it might be. So I think, I, I tend to have a belief that people that are from similar socioeconomic backgrounds tend to make better relationships. Mm. 
and more successful relationships because you tend to want the same thing. So, and, and Greg and I, my husband, Greg and I talk about it all the time where we'll just look at a certain person and we're like, look, no judgment, like, except I guess we're judging them, but <laughs> where <laughs> go off, go off, a polite, polite judgment where we're like, oh, I can never be with that person because they just want so much and, and need so much of a lifestyle and Greg and I are often thankful. I'm like, oh, I'm really glad that we're aligned on like, again, we don't live a super, super, super frugal lifestyle, right? Mm. We're careful and intentional with our mm. money. And we've been, you know, again, we were high earners and we saved a lot and we've put it in the market and it's done well. And, you know, we'll, it'll continue to grow over time. But we still go and, you know, we'll spend $1,000 a night on a hotel room sometimes, not all the time. You know, we'll splurge every couple of years on something kind of special. And we we still, like, we just don't want really, we don't naturally go out for like $500 dinners, right? Like we go out for a nice dinner and it's like $100. During this phase, you said you were aggressively saving, which I'm like curious to talk to you more about. I feel like maybe you do need to say no to drinks or maybe you do need to say no to that bachelor yeah. party. And I, and I, that could be isolating sometimes depending, you know, mm. you, you were lucky enough to have a, a nice paying job, so maybe it didn't affect that much you know for you but if i was doing it i would have to pull some pretty extreme measures and i could see myself if i did that for even three years i my friend group would naturally change you know and i don't know if you had any thoughts about that yeah i mean i certainly do think uh, first off i'm like a 40 year old with three kids so i'm not get i don't go to a lot of like bachelor parties or batch you know what i mean like i just don't have yeah, a, yeah. i'm not, not in that Molly. phase yeah. of I mean, yeah i mean i might but i'm not doing it recently <laughs> and I just, it's, so it is a very, like the types of things that I even are kind of in my wheelhouse and in my day-to-day -day environment and community don't tend to tempt me to do things that I wouldn't want to do anyways. You know what I mean? I don't know how to describe that, but I, I will say there's not a lot of things I deprive myself, right? Mm. But, but let me ask you a question. Like Fumi, when you were like, we could, ne I could never, do you know what your expenses are for a year? I, I do. What is it? Oh, like the exact number? I would have to look it Just up. Just rough. But, like... Well, you know what? I'll be honest. I used to look at this number very frequently every month when I was in my 20s. And then I kind of stopped looking at it after I started making above six figures because I'm like you where I don't... I'm always living as if I make 75 no matter how much I make. And so it... It after I started making over hundred, I didn't need to look at it because I knew I was always saving. But up until I un, until I made seventy five when I was in my like early twenties, I had to look at it because I was only saving like I was only able to save like five hundred bucks a month, you know, with New York City rent and expenses and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't really know anymore. I mean, what's 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 yours? What is average? Um, ours is we do a bunch of podcasts where we break this down too, but it's do in the. <sighs> Uh, it is in the, it's about a hundred thousand. Sometimes oh, it can per, per year, per year, per year. Yeah. Per year. With now, kids. but also we've paid kids. off our mortgage yeah, with have, kids. That's you have low, kids, right? But we've paid off know. our mortgage. I paid off my mortgage when I was divorced. I had been paying it off aggressively just anyways, cause I didn't like the idea of debt. Mm -hmm. And so it worked out well that when I kind of learned about fire and I was like, Oh, well, I don't have a mortgage. I already could save a lot. I just got way more creative and I'd say savvy in how I was saving and more tax optimized ways. But yeah, we're, we're around 100,000. 
give or take five to ten. And a you year. think that's high, or you think that's low for a family of four? Or I don't know how many. Kids well, that's you have, why but. I say I don't deprive myself a lot because I, I mean, we're, we're it's not like we're living on. There are people who live on like twenty five thousand dollars a year, and I, I know some people like that, and I, I would find what they do and don't do for me would be in the category of deprivation mm. but everybody's different so for them it's not they when you were going through your like aggressive savings was there anything you def deprived yourself of like you know what was, what was your version of that extreme you're talking about you know because some people move yeah. back home with their homes like maybe you didn't buy a new car since high school like what is that thing that you did over those five six years you know yeah again i most of the things i quote deprived myself of were just lifestyle inflation things that I didn't do. So I didn't buy, you know, super high-end luxury cars, things that my peers at work were doing. I didn't put a swimming pool in the backyard. So they were big, expensive. Like I didn't take my bonus every year, which was a good size. I I take it and I would save it or like put it towards my mortgage or something. I didn't take it and build a swimming pool, which again mm. is what other people were doing. My kids weren't in private school. I wasn't moving to a more expensive neighborhood. I, there's just, there's, you know, I, I can move to another neighborhood in Atlanta and get, I would need twice the amount of money to get the same house we live in now. And we're still in a good neighborhood. And it, it's just, it, it's all a kind of trade off of what, you know, what you care about, I would say. What do you think the dark side of fire is? I actually think it's related to some of the questions you guys are asking in the sense of, I recently read Die With Zero. Have you read that? What's it called? Die, Die With, with Zero. Zero? No. It's it's a good book. It's worth reading, but it it covers a lot of different topics. But one of the things that it's influenced me to do is just spend more and enjoy my life while I'm here and while I'm young and can do stuff. Mm. So I think the dark side of Phi, is, which is a great question, by the way, is people that are overly depriving themselves for this end goal. And they're they're more focused on the end destination and not the journey. Mm. And I, again, I could maybe pick out a few years when I became, when, when Greg and I kind of had this goal and knew we were close, wanted to retire. And we were like really stressed out in our jobs. And we had three young kids across the two of us and we just wanted out. So we were, we were in this mental phase where we just wanted to get out of the jobs we, we again we, we were they were great jobs we had we had a lot of tenure at the companies we were with we were well respected we liked the jobs in theory it was the demand of the jobs it was just too much and and the grind was just too much for both of us eventually um so i think the dark side is people who want to get to fire so bad that they kind of just become so obsessed with money and are like, won't spend money on anything and become a little selfish even, right? And they're not willing to like, you know, when I go out to dinner with, and I went through a small phase like this where I, I because I was so focused on like tracking our expenses and like getting something down, you know, I, I would think nothing before I had the fire goal of like when I'd go out to friends. And again, I, I made a lot more money than a lot of my friends. Like I wouldn't think anything about treating for dinner. But when I was like in my fire thing or buying drinks or when if I bought someone a drink be like yeah don't you don't worry about it when I was in that phase for a couple years I was overly focused and it became mm. a little like obsessive mm -hmm. and so that to me would be the dark side is that obsessiveness on frugality and even being like cheap which I think is different than frugality mm -hmm. is 
the dark side of it because you're overly focused on trying to plan for the future and you're not thinking about the present and being generous and kind and, you know, just I, just I, reasonable I, with your money. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. I think I like what you're talking about because it has to do with almost like the social aspect of just going out and having a good time, which requires you to be a bit selfless you have to like yeah it's there is this part of like sharing and it feels good to do that too but i i think like we've talked about when we're not making money which is kind of similar psychologically of what you're saying which is it's not that you're not making money but you're almost thinking like i need to save 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 yeah everything's about saving it's about yeah and it is very like self you know it's a self thing the same way we're trying to preserve our money plus we're not making money. So it's like right. our head's I, going there. I, I mean, like you hit on a good point. And I, I honestly think I've been better at this since I started this podcast because like I, I do think that so like my whole background is like I always had a corporate job, didn't worry about money. Then I was like working in comedy, working for TV, making so much money. And then I didn't have that job anymore. And then now I'm like, what now? You know, and I'm kind of like sort of not having a ton of income come in. Obviously had like savings and stuff. But and I, I went through like a six to eight months where I was just like in that mode. And I just feel like, you know, for people who are doing this extreme frugal lifestyle in their 20s, it's like you can't buy back that time, you know, like you can never be 25 again. And I do think there is something to be said about like going to Barcelona when you're 25 Mm -hmm. with your boys versus going to Barcelona with your beautiful family when you're 45. That is not the same thing. It's very different. (laughs) And I think you should do both. But like you can you can no matter how much money you have, you can't buy back that going to Barcelona with your boys and you're 25 on a budget even if yeah. it's on a budget that's gonna be the funnest time of your life you know yeah. and I think your people can get obsessive and I and like while I was sort of like because I, I do like comedy full-time now while I was like sort of chasing that dream I like said no to a lot of different things and opportunities because I wanted to stay on track and just work on comedy and that is like a tiny regret that I have is that I didn't like maintain some of my friendships and like do do these things in my 20s because I was just like no I, I'm focusing on this goal right now this one goal is yeah. to make it as a comedian and so yeah I, I do think that like if I could go back in time that's like the one thing that I would maybe slightly change you know well I'm wondering based on what you're saying right is that you and your husband at that time didn't enjoy the job you had because there were demands now if you were ha- if you enjoyed your job say that it was podcasting because obviously you enjoy doing this like uh yeah. if you were doing this do you think that you might not even be part of fire yeah did that, like do you yes. think you're doing it only that, because you didn't enjoy like and people they're like grinding hard because they're trying to get out of this system that they don't really want to be in because it is for a financial decision yeah. was decision. it reactionary or was it more like proactive mm-hmm. there were three things to us that i think made us finally do it and i think hold true to your question so it it wasn't just the stress out at work it was the combination of the stress out at work and just the demands and just being exhausted 
of realizing we had enough money to be fine forever, if not most of ever, and and that we could always go back to work later. I always remind people of that, of like, nothing's a forever decision. You can always change your mind. Mm -hmm. And then the third one was just like, life is short. I knew too many people my age that were dying. Suddenly, uh, my dad had recently died. Just a bunch of different things where I was like, life is short. You know, we have a limited amount of time left with our kids in our house where they actually like us. We kind of missed the boat on that even by the time we finally pulled the trigger. Our kids are, you know, in the 11 to 14 range now and almost 15 next week. And they're, they don't want to hang out with us a lot, right? They're, they're not, they're, mm. it's just a different age and a different vibe, but we did want to be around for like the next 10 years that our kids were at home and be available and be able to go to all their games and just, just mm. be like active parents, which was hard for us to do when we were working so much. And we mm-hmm. certainly, even if we were there, we weren't like present and engaged. We were, you know, checking email on our phones and mm-hmm, thinking mm-hmm. about the next 10 things we needed to do. So I think even if I, you know, again, I did like my job, but even if I, like I moved to part-time for a while before I finally left fully, I think I still just needed the complete freedom and like the idea of just, I'm loving, and there's a, it's a weird transition, so it's not all like perfect and you know unicorns and rainbows, but I really love like getting up most days and just having complete control over what I do that day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm volunteering a lot. I'm, I'm very busy actually, but I just like being able to do what I want to do. By the way, I, I looked at your LinkedIn, so I know you worked at IHG. Shout out. They were a, a client of mine a long time ago. <laughs> we did something nice. with Holiday Inn Express. Um, but uh, <laughs> I remember like in New York when I was working nine to five, I would look outside and it would be like a beautiful day. And I would just be like, but I have to be in here like 90% yeah. of the week. And that like was such a weird thought because people just do that for 30 years, you know? Yeah. 30 years, 30, 40 years, they just let these beautiful days go by and they're just spending most of their time inside a fucking cubicle. I, and so, I absolutely. Like, I like thinking that IHG just hires people who make them want to like leave their job <laughs> they're oh, just like, it's so bad they're, they're just like god yeah. damn it forget it yeah we woke up forget- actually like i actually <laughs> want to chase my dream now because this sucks so bad oh yeah. my god can i ask something about your kids because yeah. you know 2023 is a different time and i remember when i was a teenager you know sometimes we'd come up in school like oh what do your parents do you know like sometimes you give a, a project about what your parents do they come and do like a talk. You know, if your dad has a cool job, they come in and do a talk for career day. Uh, you know, ha- have you dealt with that where your kids don't know what to say? Other judgment from other parents in the community, like your kids, friends, parents, you know, that you guys don't yeah. work. Are, are they, do they think you're snooty? Like, ha- have you dealt with any backlash from that? Yeah, nobody thinks we're snooty because if you saw Greg and I, we like walk around like we're like going for a run at any given moment. Like we're just sort of, we're, we're super casual, like chill people. And so I don't think any, we're not like driving around in like a Rolls Royce or something. Um, we're we, retired bitches. <laughs> <throwing> my dollar <laughs> yeah, bills. We don't like lead with that, you know, um, but we should maybe. We, so yeah, my kid, first off the kids don't, I, I have worried that sometimes like Am I setting a bad role model for my kids? Because like, I do think there's value in kids seeing you work hard, but my kids saw that for 10 years. So they they got a glimpse of it. And I don't think it's necessarily like healthy for your kids to see you like come home exhausted, you know, just all that. But they don't really care. Like they don't, 
they don't, first off they don't want me to come to career day they're all too embarrassed by it now. <laughs> you're like my I, kids I, actually hate me and uh, i can only <laughs> come when they were younger like kids don't want to be seen with you at school they don't want you like i've been like told to never come i volunteer a lot at my kids elementary <laughs> school they're you're all too in middle involved school. you're like because yeah. you have so much time year, <laughs> this is the first year they're in middle school and high school and i my my youngest will still let me like show up but the other two are like, do not. She's like, please do not volunteer for anything at this school. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'll do something like behind the scenes, but I'm not allowed on campus during the day. They're very like embarrassed by not not the fire, you know, anything about that. They just don't want to. They don't want parents aren't cool. Mm. And I actually think I'm a relatively. I mean, look at my braces. Like I could fit in there. You know, <laughs> they might. Um, but I and then other friends' parents look as we get to if we like meet new people and they don't realize we're retired or they're kind of asking why we're just hanging out in the middle of the day um we'll tell them that we early retired most people are more like fascinated by it and kind of jealous because i mean most people i know whether they like their jobs or not the thought of not working sounds really lovely mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so we have received nothing but positivity at least That's to our nice. faces yeah you know? what are some easy ways for people to let the let the people know the cash cuties know how to save, money. save money yeah what's well, like the easy you know when people are like oh i gotta save money mm. i always say it's rent because it's like if you live in a shittier place that's just money that you're gonna have extra for but that's hard for some people yeah. because yeah. i always think it's so hard to say no to drinks or like food you know you're just it's just food and you're really saving like it's just food, just food. It's but just food. i always save rent but from your professional point of view what if someone's like man i gotta i gotta save money i gotta have 10k by the end of the year like what, what can i do yeah so I would number one, start with, you gotta track your expenses because you can't start figuring out what to pull back on if you don't know what you're spending. And many people have no idea what they're spending. So I often equate this, this is not always the best comparison, but to if you're trying to lose weight, there's all these like uh, calorie tracker apps and you don't, if you're trying to lose weight and you start tracking calories, you don't realize how many calories are in certain things. Mm -hmm. So you'll you'll eat something and you're like, oh, I think I'm eating a salad. This feels healthy. And it's like between whatever's on that salad and the dressing, it's like incredibly unhealthy, depending on you know what it is. And so you don't know until you start tracking stuff. So I, I'd say track your expenses and then down. start to like, <laughs> you writing that down? that down? <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> track your expenses and then also track your net worth. But track your expenses and... Yeah, like like you said, Fumi, the um, rent, car, and house are like the top three big expenses for most people. So if you can make cuts there, that's awesome. If you're younger, and I say younger because usually when you're younger, you care less about this than as you get older. But if you're younger and you can have a roommate, you can do some form of house hacking to you know make your rent less expensive. And if you're older and you can move to a different area or any age, you can move to a lower cost of living area or, you know, again, all of this should be in line with what matters to you and what I'm very big into like just intentional values based spending. So mm. everything can't matter to you or it could, but you may never get anywhere financially and be able to save anything. And so I would track your expenses and start looking at like realizing like, oh my God, I had no idea I'm spending two grand a year on eating out. Could I bump that back to one grand to a thousand a month? And then I've just saved 10 grand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I was spending two, I assume really that's 12 grand. And so, and, and I'll give you examples. And this is like something 
when you were talking about kind of just the idea of dating and other things, Greg and I, when we, we, we still go out by ourselves sometimes and like, you know, go out and, you know, spend, drop a hundred bucks some night, kind of going out to some bars or eating or whatever. But most of the time that it's just the two of us, we tend to eat at home more so that when there's anything social, we'll never say no for money reasons. Like we'll always, unless we just don't want to do it. And we're like, like, I, this just sounds terrible. And like, I don't want to go do that thing, but I would never say no for money reasons. I wouldn't be like, Oh, I don't. And I, and I did when I was like a little obsessive for a little while, I'd be like, Ooh, I don't want to eat out right now. Like I'm really trying to, you know, save that $20 and it's like ridiculous and kind of silly. But I just think there's a lot of times where you could cut something in half and you're not really depriving yourself. You're just pulling back on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So people tend to like, look at like, Oh, quit spending money at Starbucks and like the latte factor. And that might be different. Like you, whatever your latte factor is might be different depending on who you are. If you really care about Starbucks and that makes you happy every morning, like go for it or your local coffee shop. But to a lot of people, myself included, like that's, not what's most important to me. I just don't, I, I like to travel and we spend 20 to 30 year, twenty to $30,000 of that 100,000 spend is on travel every year. Mm, is that your and biggest I, splurge for yourself? Like, Yeah, that's our biggest spend category because we don't have a mortgage. If we had a mortgage, it might beat that. But since we don't have a mortgage, like when, I, when we rank our spending, travel is always at the top. Do you have like mm. a we, personal splurge, like not as like a family, but like something you really want? Like you wish you had like 10, like what would you do with that 10K if you had to spend it? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I might need a minute, but I mean, at a high level, like the types of things I splurge on would be, you know, like I like nice electronics. I have an expensive MacBook. Yeah. That's him. This whole thing is like, it, it's a, uh, I feel like you were like destined for this because in general, mm -hmm. like no matter how much money you had, it, it just doesn't seem like you're ever living mm -hmm. like a millionaire. You know, I don't know how much money you're making, but like, even if you're making half a mil, you're living like you make a hundred, you know? Yeah. Like, it, so Which is what I was it doing. Doesn't really, yes. It doesn't really change much for you, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like it's a good fit personality wise yeah well we avoided like <laughs> lifestyle inflation we avoided lifestyle inflation mm -hmm. so i was probably spending less than a hundred thousand in my 20s but not that much less and if you throw in the mortgage it was just on different things like i wasn't traveling so much but i had a mortgage and so if i go i didn't track my spending back then but if i did go back to it like my guess is that's kind of around what it was mm -hmm. um and so i you know, yeah, if I had $10,000, oh, one thing I really want to buy that. And, and the thing is like, Greg and I could go buy this stuff tomorrow. We just, we're very thoughtful about it. We've been into rucking lately. Do you know what that is? No. Rucking? Sounds it sounds similar. like some sort of like weird sexual thing. Yeah. But, and you're like, and it is. It's very <laughs> and expensive. It <laughs> and then we can turn it, we can maybe turn it into something sexual, but no, it's walking yes. or hiking with like heavy weights on. Uh, it's, it's like a military uh, training thing, but it's, yeah. it's really good physical fit, fitness activity. And so we've been putting like weights in our hiking bags, but they make these like nice rucking kind of vests. I know, I know. I just <laughs> I feel like, like I would never no, do this. No, like, no. Do you know what I just imagined is for some weird reason, I imagine like gold like medallions that you guys have turned into oh, like, like those and, bricks and of you gold put, and you put Ocean's that 11. yeah yeah so you're like being assholes <laughs> and like into and putting that into your vests as you walk around you're like i'm fucking made of money i'm yeah, retired yeah. <laughs> oh these are just weights that's what like, that's the, the, the rucking packs and the weights are like six hundred dollars and if we both get one it'd be like a, th a grand for both of us yeah but see hiking is a free hobby so it's not it doesn't even cost you know what i mean like if you're like i'm really into golfing the member 
membership alone would be that much a month or whatever, you know? Yeah. So that's, even when you're splurging, it's like still kind of on budget, which is great. You know, I like to hike for an exercise too, cause it's free. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. I don't even know. That's a great question though. I don't know what I would spend $10,000 on. It'd be a lot of little things. I mean, I'd probably get some like some like new sneakers. But the thing is, when I want a pair of new sneakers, like I buy a pair. So I just don't. Yeah. I think if you really gave I me like that I just broke you right now. She's broken right now. She's like, <laughs> she's like, like wait, extra money? Her. What? Because <laughs> 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 I already have ten thousand dollars, so I've already. No, but bought. you have an extra. You have an extra. I know, but, but that extra. Like, she's I like, don't know what to she's do. Like, with she's like, ten k means nothing to me. You poor piece of shit. <laughs> I am wealthy. You understand? <laughs> Three zeros? Oh Are you serious? So, what, are you, so what, what are you driving right now? Um, we have, we used to both have Priuses. Hey. That's one of the things. You guys yeah. have so much to talk about your Dude, Prius. she's like me, but if I was a white woman, that's what I'm when also you're not, <laughs> Except I would tip at the car wash. Let's be clear. Hey. <laughs> How much? How much? Is it a percentage? Hey. How much hey. are you tipping? Hey. That's hey. I love hey. that. Okay, let's move on to our um, unofficial analysis where okay. you sent us your mint statements, which I love. Let's be best friends. I love people who use mint. Those are the only people I trust. Uh, I've been using it since 2012. Shout out to mint who has over 10 years of my financial data. Uh, yeah, okay, so this they know is, a lot about you. This is uh, your credit card statement. It's actually your, your mint statement, which means it's all 11 credit cards. It's you and your shared account and your husband's account. Yeah. And we just looked at some stuff and we, we found some interesting stuff we wanted to ask you about. Okay. Um, first oh, so your off, finances are all mixed together. It's all mixed together. Uh, but, um, we, we actually have separate finances, but we do track it together. all and like manage yeah. it together and then we kind of settle up. Oh, interesting. We okay. Because we were... Okay. So like the first thing we noticed is that, um, you know, who spent the most and uh, Maggie, uh, it, it, according to the thing you sent us, you... Oh, I'm sure I 59% spent the of the spendings were coming from you. <laughs> I would have... I would have like no question I spend the most. But that isn't all like my spending. Mm -hmm. That's just who's... Who like... Who's paying yeah. did It's purchase. like mom stuff, like having to purchase the thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm mm -hmm. more... You know, like women are often making more of the financial decisions in a relationship Ooh. if there's a man uh. and a woman. Um, if there's two women, I don't know who wins in that, you know. Oh. We'll have to have them on the pot. Um, yeah. That's interesting you say that because I think I imagine men to be making more of the financial decision back in the day. Are you saying like more, mo well, more now? Financial decisions, like they might be, you know, stereotypically deciding where money moves. But in terms of who's making the spending decisions, oh, okay, right. it okay. typically mm -hmm. is a woman. And even from a marketing standpoint, like most people, mm -hmm. most companies like market to women because unless it's a product that's specifically for men women in a relationship if there is if it is a man and woman relationship mm -hmm. the woman is making most of the decisions mm -hmm. I feel let that. alone financially yeah we're not purchasing like manscape like we'll no no the, no but you might like, be going to whole foods a bunch of times you know if yeah, you're especially whole, if you're a mom and stuff yeah. so that totally makes sense Love whole foods. um i we saw that like you know in terms of your total spending you obviously spent the most on like a category we call health which is like just you know medical stuff um you know what i was wondering because you guys don't work anymore how does insurance work in the fire mm. life you know so you guys a good on question. cobra even if you're on cobra it only lasts like a year right so God, how we are you guys... were on cobra last year and it was we were, so we, were on, we left in the middle of the year which is a good learning i insurance wise like should have left at the end of the year but we did have cobra and we were paying like almost a thousand dollars a month between the two of us for cobra mm -hmm. um maybe more it might have been like 1300 but anyways now we are paying about a hundred dollars a month for benefits, which is 
awesome. But, but is that's it through because a company we, or like yeah, well, it's through the marketplace. It's through a you know, it's through the marketplace. Formerly known as Obamacare, and through the healthcare.gov marketplace, California has like their own. Some states have their own version of it, um, and then some states are in kind of the the federal one. And yeah, just buy it through healthcare.gov. You have tons of different choices. You get a subsidy based on what your income is. We have a very low income now, so we get a very large subsidy. And so we only pay oh, wow. about $100 a month. And also we happen to be able to have our kids on our ex's insurance, which is a nice benefit because they all mm. still have jobs. Because Do you like the insurance? Because I thought the whole thing was that like if you don't get it through a company, it's not quote unquote good. Well, or like not everybody accepts it or whatever. It's not exactly true. I mean, there there are some, you know, we're a year and a few months into it. You're getting it. I mean, you have like Cigna, Aetna. I mean, I still have Aetna insurance. So it's through a big name company. Um, there are some like weird things I've run into. I, it'll take us off on some tangents. So you probably don't want to hear it. But at a high level, I would say I actually have better insurance now than I did when I was working. Because when I was working, I would always go for the high deductible insurance plan so I could have a health savings account, which is an awesome benefit. And it's just got some great tax efficiency. And as a result, every time I would go to the doctor, I would pay until I hit like 20 grand in expenses, which I never hit. I would pay like, it would cost me like $300 to go to urgent care when mm -hmm. I had a cold mm -hmm. on the weekend. And it was real. Everything was really expensive, and so, I mean, I had doctor's appointments where, like, I had to pay, you know, a thousand dollars to get a colonoscopy. Like, I'm like paying cash for all these appointments, and now I have insurance that has a really low deductible and covers all this stuff. So I pay way less now. Yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that because you have so low income, you get a lot of government subsidies. Like, that's like interesting little hack with the early retirement. Mm, yeah, thing, you know? it um, is interesting, and some people have like mixed feelings about it. But I will say, I paid. A massive amount into the system over the last 20 years mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. so i don't feel bad it. getting some decent insurance which honestly we should be provided anyways yeah mm -hmm. which, there should be um, a better system here i noticed that like your groceries bill and your like gas bills are like your grocery this is for a family of what four right it was like 700 bucks Five. i feel like my my partner and i we spent like at least 500 and we don't have any kids we do live in la but like we i just thought that was super low for a family yeah we on average like, we did a whole episode recently where we were comparing expenses with like all the inside out money co-hosts and so it was like three or four families and our grocery bill was like the lowest we have we have three kids and they're with us more than half the time just because we have a lot more flexibility so they're with us like every day after school and stuff and you're and not buying beef. You're not buying beef. I don't <laughs> buy. We don't buy meat. That's expensive. Yeah, you're not eating meat. Yeah. Your kids are vegan too. We our kids are vegetarian. We don't force them to, and we don't force them. I mean, they're, when they're like on their own, they eat meat. But we yeah, don't. Veggies serve can get them expensive. You know, if you want to be house. creative, it's expensive. We eat eggs, a lot of veggies and fruit. Eggs are expensive too. Eggs like are expensive. eggs were during yeah. that time. During that time, yeah. So that, what, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you keep it so low? So we well, we shop at Aldi. I'm like obsessed with Aldi. Oh. Um, you might have seen some expenses that were heavier in like the Sam's Club. We shop at mostly Sam's Club and Aldi. So bulk. We get like all of our fruits and vegetables in bulk from Sam's Club, which the kids eat like a massive amount of fruit. We're very careful. Like we don't waste food. We're pretty, I just don't like wasting things in general. Mm. So I, I am not really depriving myself of anything in that grocery spend, but we eat pretty like simple foods also. And so we're like, I won't buy like pre-cut fruit at the grocery store because that is just like highway robbery. You, okay, you can, let's role thank play. Thank you for raising your hand, Steffi. Let's role uh, play. Go. Ma, let's role play. Uh, ma, mommy. Uh, oh, oh my God. I, I want, I want a, I want kombucha. 
um it's like 17.99 but my all my friends are drinking it and i want to try it can i have this so as a great role play <laughs> she's like are you an actress because you're so good <laughs> well done well done and that Meisner happens technique. Meisner. about every four hours Shut in up. my house so it's like very accurate maybe you want to you want to like split it with me it depends so if it was actually 17 dollars for kombucha but they love this like bubble tea place and it's like 12 or 13 dollars for like each of their every time we go there it's like 40 bucks for the 3m to get something oh god we'll go there like once a week but i don't go there three times a week but like every couple weeks they'll get something like that but the peer pressure is a real thing and they want it and i've broken down and bought it for them and so yeah how do you explain my question is how do you explain to them when you don't want to buy them the thing because it's ridiculous we're we're super open about money when we talk with them so Uh, so what do you say i will say like oh no we're not gonna do that today but like you know (laughs) you're like i'm super open to give the vaguest answer we're just not doing that today (laughs) it depends if we just went but like we the other night like two days ago we took them to bubble tea and they got their like 40 dollar you know drink with like 50 things in it and they were loved it and they know it's not going to happen again until like maybe it's this not weekend happen again. this bubble tea is not going to happen again yeah it's your so birthday wait till next year you'll get so your kombucha yeah, yeah. i mean I stephanie tw- got like a 20 dollar milkshake the other day for air yeah, i don't know if you guys have air wands in georgia uh, it's I like i saw you post something about it it's like did, a whole Foods how did plus. your boy did you react how did you feel about me buying that glow i felt well you have a job and you're responsible you do whatever you want like i didn't feel Value anything based. about it I've yeah I've spent. What if I was your child and I was, I bought that and I posted it. She posted it. it. (laughs) We so we give our kids opportunities to earn money and I'll talk to them and I'll be like, hey, you like make sure you like think about just plan and have enough money for the stuff you want to do because they know we're not going to like bankroll every single thing they want to do, but we're very kind of thoughtful with them and we talk very openly. Like they'll come to the, the big thing they do a lot is they'll like run up to me in the grocery store. I don't even like going grocery shopping with them because they come up with all sorts of like weird shit. And I'm like, I I don't know what this is and why we're getting it. But they'll run up to me with like something. And I'm like, how much is that? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, go check and find out. And I'm just very thoughtful with them. Like they'll come up to me at Aldi and there's some thing of cookies they want. And there's like a $7 thing. And then there's a $2 one. And I'm like, do you care? Like, is do you really want the $7? Oh, they're like, oh, I don't care. I'll take that $2 <laughs> really one. Want, they, yeah. they don't care yeah. about certain things. So the mm. things that they don't care about, I'm like, cool. I just teach them to like look at prices and make a thoughtful decision. Mm. Now, when they want to like want something from Lululemon, like they're getting it as a birthday present. They're getting it as a Christmas present. They're maybe getting it as like some back to school items or something. Like they're getting it on a limited basis. They're using their birthday money that they got from their grandma or something like that. And so, you know, we just try to be reasonable. Like they know they cannot have anything and everything. And we talk very openly. And a lot of times lately, because they're like older and they can talk back to you and they're pretty smart and witty and stuff. I'll say like, well, I'm going to need to go back to work if you're going to keep one. And they're like, cool. Could you go back to work? (laughs) Um, The threat doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, they want a swimming pool. And we have like a neighborhood pool that we enjoy going to. And I'm like, we don't want to Do you want to see mommy work? Yeah. Do you want to suffer? (laughs) And I'm like, I need to go back to work for that. And they're like, I'm fine with that. 
Um, so they're very, they're, uh, the cutthroat. These, are, these yeah. are true middle schoolers. They don't give a fuck. They don't they give don't. a fuck, man. Yeah, they they're like, not. get off yeah. my ass, go to yeah. work. Like, don't I don't care. Get me my, just go back yeah. to work. Buy me get a me pool. A pool. Like, yeah. Get me a pool. I want my fucking boba, but I want yes. like triple the amount of boba. I want a twenty dollar. Yeah. yeah, they're always Bieber adding smoothie. like extra. They're like, can I get the you know extra add-ins? And I'm like, okay, that's two dollars. But you said they get an allowance, and you can they spend it or. Do you shame them in any way if they buy weird uh, stuff with I mean, it? that's a fair point. I shame them lightly. Like, <laughs> I, I call it, like, coaching. So I, I will okay. say something once, and I've... And, like, our oldest is very responsible with money, and I'm pretty sure it didn't just, like, naturally happen. Like, it's because we talk mm-hmm. very openly about our own money and about their money, and we give them opportunities to do stuff. So she's, she's actually got a babysitting job today. Um, oh, nice. And she understands the power of like how long you have to work to earn this much money and then how fast you can spend it. And I think that's important for a 14 year old to learn and for understand. Sure. And those are the things that, you know, will will continue with you as you get older to build good financial habits. I think I think that's great. Yeah, I, I, I think that's so important. And I want to do that with my kids is have them understand the, the value of money. But I think like the fact that they've they understand or even have conversations about money at such a young age with you guys. That's so yeah. beneficial for them in the future. Any starting yeah. anything really young, I think it helps them yeah. kind of like understand understand it better and utilize it in ways that are you know, even if they make mistakes, they're able to be like, "Okay, well that was something I learned." Yes. early on about some so that's cool yeah and look let me put this in perspective my kids are like super privileged they want for nothing they have way more than any of us had growing up mm-hmm. and i'm trying to teach them like i don't think i would be better off if i was still working mm-hmm. and just lavishly giving them everything they wanted i think i'd be mm. raising kids that aren't who i want to raise quite honestly mm-hmm. so even when i have the money there's plenty of stuff that i won't buy for them even when i have the money i can afford it Mm-hmm. But I'm like trying to teach them moderation mm-hmm. and values, and you know, one uh, what was the name of that ice cream? One milk, one twenty dollar milkshake at a time. I'm trying to teach Air them one. Some Air good one. Air one. Air one. Um, it makes your skin glow, girl. I didn't really know the background of it. There was like something where you were like some, uh, Haley Bieber's like skin something. Yeah, is yeah, in, I thought Bieber. her skin was like in the milkshake. I was like, what are you buying? Oh for my god. <laughs> Yeah, it's people a would pay twenty bucks for that. Yeah. People would actually. It was oh, yeah, like her own sweat more in the milkshake. Like yeah. There. yeah, someone's got a kink for that, right? Oh my gosh, Maggie, that was amazing. Thank you so much for educating us. This actually, was like it's our first time learning something. Yeah, we learned. It's own. the first time like, that we didn't like keep interrupting your guests because we wanted to say some poop joke you know we were just <laughs> listening patient taking notes you can notes get your even. poop jokes in now if you want no she's not... cool she's into it <laughs> she's, she's cool into mom. it i could tell yeah. um that's well thank you so much for coming on the podcast um where can our listeners find you and your work what would they like them to know about you um you can find i've got a podcast that i co-host with a bunch of rotating friends they're not rotate they're rotating co-hosts but they're all friends and it's anywhere you listen to podcasts you can find it it's called inside out money and I'm mostly active on Instagram, which is also at Inside Out Money. And you can see what I'm up to and what, what someone who is, uh, as I call, fun employed does on a day-to-day basis, if that's at all interesting to you. Definitely check that out, cuties. And you can always follow us on uh, the socials at Cash Cuties Pod. You can also follow me on there at the Fumi Abe, that's C-H-E-F-U-M-I-A-B-E. 
And you can find me on Instagram at Baked Goods, B-A-I-K-E-D-G-U-D-S. My website, StuffyBake.com. And Venmo me money if you uh, just want to. <laughs> um, and if you're a sub. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, uh, Stuffy is me. Hell yeah. And we want to hear so, about your spending habits. So if you have a financial conundrum that you want to share with us that you want us to talk about, please email us at cashcuriespodcast at gmail.com and tell us what you want us to talk about. Um, and you can write it out or send us a voice memo, which we prefer. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Cuties, we love you. Maggie, thank oh. you so much. Uh, everybody, we'll see thank you guys you. next week. And until then, spend your money wisely. Or have fun with it. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys.